Warning for underage listeners, this is an adult-oriented podcast. There will be frequent references to kink, sex, crude language, and various other grotesqueries. If you're under 18 and looking for answers and upfront advice about sex, please visit scarletteen.com. Also, for the dude bro listeners out there, this is nerdy shit. Go away. Welcome to the Gotham Press Podcast. This is a verbal orgy about anything like the Grafenberg spot. The difference between Star Trek and Star Wars. The finer points of throwing a pair of floggers and just whatever the hell we find to talk about. That said, if you have a desire to learn these and many more kinktastic nergasms, stay tuned. Listen, guess what? We came back. Really? Just rah? <laughs> and there was much rejoicing. Yeah. <laughs> and the one guy in the back. Uh, <laughs> good old Monty Python. <laughs> anyway, hey everybody. Welcome back. This is episode one of season two. We came back for a whole nother season. Yes, we know you love us just that much. And this go round, we are missing poor, poor Greedy. Yep. He decided that... You know, him serving his mistress was more important than dealing with us. What a greedy bastard. I know he is, really. (laughs) Truly, truly is. Truly, truly is. But in his place, in his place, (laughs) we have the man, the myth, the legend, the the best kind guy around, Steve. Hey, everybody. (laughs) So, Steve, why did you decide to come and, you know, enjoy Recording with us. Well, some strange guy came up to me at the Kern County Fair and said, Hey, I want you on the podcast, so here I am. <laughs> that would be this strange guy. Silas <laughs> is good at these things. Silas is good at these things. Yeah. I'm an interesting person. You're good at being strange? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> he chose a random name that starts with a Z. I mean, come on. Yeah, I also true. chose my name by just randomly going, I like this letter, and that letter, and this letter, and that letter. What does this sound like? I'm going to say it sounds like this. <laughs> uh, and these are the things I have to deal with, listeners. Hey, you're not marrying him. I am. I didn't make that decision for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we forgot. Fiend will also be here a little bit later. Yes. Well, I hadn't forgotten about that. I was just going to let her come in when she got here. <laughs> well, they might be wondering why she's missing for about half the podcast. Before she... Anyway, hi. Hi. <laughs> so, Bakersfield Comic Con. Yes. Coming up in two weeks. Two weeks. What, what's the official dates on that? Uh, November 12th and 13th. 12th and 13th. All right. And how long have you been doing it? This is year nine. Year nine. So next year is going to be the big decade. Tenth anniversary, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do yet because it's going to be hard to top this year. Oh, uh, it's always obviously hard to top the previous year, but I'm pretty sure you find a way to do it. I will after the day after the show. I'll start working on it. So it's a, it's a year-long process, listeners. Year Actually, it's not true. I already have guests lined up for now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's over a year-long process. Right. Over a well, year. Well, you got to line some up so at this show I can have a flyer saying, hey, book the date next year, and this is some of the people already coming. Uh, true, true. Well, for this year, who all's uh, showing up? Well, guests, uh, let's go with comic guests. First, we have Steve Niles. Mm-hmm. He wrote the graphic novel 30 Days of Night. He's one of the greatest horror writers around mm-hmm. um, and actually to go first into Steve y'all know where the Maya cinemas are right yes on Friday night the 11th 
uh, were hosting a free showing of 30 Days of Night. Really? Which is his movie at 9 o'clock to the first 200 people for free. And he will be in the audience. And then afterwards you can go out and meet him and talk to him out in the lobby. Have a nice Q&A after the fact. Yeah. He doesn't want to do it publicly like in the theater because he doesn't like public speaking. But he'll stand <laughs> there and talk to every single one of you in the lobby. One-on-one does tend to be a lot easier than the full public speaking. Oh, yeah, speaking. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you're doing the full public speaking, you always miss somebody. Well, I've had to do it, and honestly, for many years, I was very scared of it until I was forced to get in front of an audience of a 1,000 people. But after that, once you've done it once, it's no big deal. <laughs> once you get that first 1,000 out of the way, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my heart didn't explode that time. Okay. Right. <laughs> and I just realized that there's just the same people as you sitting out there just wanting to hear whatever you have to say. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you're, what you're doing here with the podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of people wanting to know what you have to say. Because we're know. interested. Exactly. But so, uh, so we got Steve Niles coming. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got um, Sergio Argonis. Sergio is the greatest living cartoonist in the world. He's done a piece in Mad Magazine. You ever read a Mad Magazine? I Any have of you guys read a yeah, Mad a Magazine? Of times, yeah. You know those little border jokes? Yeah. Yes. He has done those since 1963 in every single episode but, issue but one. Oh, wow. Um, and then the the section that's called Mad About You so, or Mad About and then you know mm-hmm. yeah. whatever he does those he's done it in every single issue since 1963 he created Grew the Wanderer he's like I said probably the most famous living cartoonist in the world how'd you get him at Bakersfield though he's a friend of mine <laughs> oh see there you go yeah this is actually his fourth appearance at Bakersfield he normally won't do a show and then do it again the next year and do it because you know it's mm-hmm. it's better for him but he likes coming here. He likes the people of Bakersfield, uh-huh. and he has a good time. And I pay for the Chinese food, so <laughs> so, you so you bribe him with food. I right. understand now. That is the best. Yeah, no, we're ever. we're we're great friends. So all right, good times, good times. Um, Who else we have? Coming? We had Tim Bradstreet, who's most famous for um, his work with the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Um, he did some of the most famous Punisher. Um, uh, covers. He worked with Thomas Jane, who played the Punisher. Oh, okay. Well, I tried to get up here, but he's just he's filming, so he yeah. couldn't come. I he's, yeah. a, he's a friend too. Oh yeah, because Thomas Jane. So. I, I, I looked into his stuff. He is really a fan of comics. He oh yeah, no, really I, I uh, my other job is I'm a picture framer, mm-hmm. and he's one of my clients. Oh wow! So I've known him. We go to his house, and yeah, I, I know Tom. But um, I feel again, like I underestimated how vastly important this man in my living room is. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm really glad I super cleaned my house today. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Tom's a or Tim Bradstreet's coming. Um, Tim's a, I, most of the guests that I have are friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Friedoff's is coming. Derek was the inker for over a hundred issues of Batman. He also wrote Little Gotham. He's you oh. know, he's a writer now. Um, he yeah. prefers writing. Uh, actually, we got him two years ago. I bought a collection. I didn't buy. I helped Paul Dini, who wrote, you know, who created Harley Quinn. Yeah, so I know who Dini is. Paul, Paul gave me Wait, Houdini. Like five thousand comic books, and I put together because he wrote them a bunch of detectives and Batman mm-hmm. that Derek did. Mm-hmm. So I had a long box of like three hundred and fifty of them, and I gave them to everybody at Bakersfield Comic Con that walked in and pointed Derek out and said, "See that guy? Go make him sign it." So, <laughs> Just to mess with Derek, yeah. I'm sure he enjoyed that. Oh yeah, he did. But it was he was busy signing all day. Um, His hand hated you, I'm sure. Right. Uh, but we got, and we got Dan Parsons, who has inked over 150 um, issues of um, Star Wars. Okay. For um, Dark Horse, 
uh, Ken Myers, uh, Ken Myers Jr. actually. Ken has done a lot of comic work, but he's more famous for doing Magic the Gathering and stuff, cards. He's a oh, card yes. artist. Okay. Oh. So we have him coming up. So now Zealus yeah, yeah. is very excited. <laughs> you said the name, I was like, why do I recognize it? Yeah, Magic done, Gathering. That's why the a fuck I recognize it. A bunch of cards for Matt. For, um, yeah, and the cards I'm remembering are beautiful. Yeah, he's a great artist. Um, I know I'm forgetting a whole bunch of artists. <laughs> um, but then there's our celebrity guests. Um, to top it off, we have, let's start with the top, and we got Sam Jones, mm-hmm. who played Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or a few young kids, Ted. <laughs> Remember the movie Ted? How yes. Is, you know, yeah. But yeah. Sam Jones is coming. He's still Flash Gordon. Um, he's, still <laughs> Flash Gordon. <laughs> he's still Flash, still Flash Gordon. Right. Still counts. <laughs> but, but we got Flash Gordon coming. Um, we have, you ever see the movie The People Under the Stairs? Yes! Um, oh we my got Sean wow. Whalen, who played, you know, Roach. Oh like the main God. guy, Roach will be here. But he's also been in That Thing You Do, Never Been Kissed, yes. Twister, Lost. I mean, he's done a ton of things. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, and the cool thing about him is on Saturday night, we have one of those portable drive-ins that's going to be set up. Okay. And at 8 o'clock, we're showing the people under the stairs. Oh my God. With him sitting there commentating, doing Q and A. You have just made oh Nepper so <laughs> very happy. Um, Camp Sleepaway, remember that movie? I remember that movie. Uh, Felisa Rose, who played... Um, uh, Elisa, you know, the, I think it was Alice, the main character. Oh, okay, yeah. The main girl. Yeah. With all the problems. She's gonna, she's coming up for it. Um, for wrestling fans, um, especially older wrestling fans, um, MVP. Oh, wow. He's coming up to (laughs) his first show ever. Nice. Um, so we got a lot of, we got a lot of stuff going on. Oh, oh, the big ones. Um, Walking Dead fans. From season one, Jacqueline, and her name is Gerald Prescott, she was the one in who, she was in the whole first season and she stayed behind at the end and died in the CDC. Oh, yes. She's coming. Oh, wow. And then in the second season. when you need her. And in the <laughs> second season, when they went to the prison, uh-huh. and there was those four prisoners they found in the. the yes. Okay. The the tall black guy, Oscar. Yes, yes I'm, I know. Um, and he stayed for seven uh, episodes, but he's also the guy in the. That State Farm commercial with the little dog named Princess, the biker. Yeah. <laughs> but he'll be there. So Vincent Ward and Jessica, uh, Gerald Prescott will both be there. Oh, wow. You have... So uh, we have some great have stuff list, going yeah. on. Yeah. I think I definitely need to be there Saturday, though. <laughs> Nobody ever talks about people under the stairs. It's, like, their, it's their 25th anniversary this year. That's yeah. why we're doing it. And that's yeah, why no. we're showing it. But nobody ever talks about it. Like, it doesn't ever get talked about. So when it gets talked about, I just get excited. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen it. That's exactly. a fun movie. That's why I just, a fun you'll movie. see it that Saturday. Yeah, I'm I would sure. say, I'll just see it on Saturday. Yeah. And I'm then I'll get Q&A that's the same that, that's Yeah, that Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. yeah. It's creepy as fuck. I love it. And then he'll, he'll be there, like I said, doing a Q&A afterwards. Cool. And I might have somebody else from that movie, but I can't announce it till I get the text saying I'm in. <laughs> ah. Well, that's but he was also in the, he had a bigger role in that movie. Okay. Um, so hopefully that text comes comes so, through quickly, right? <laughs> um, so guess wise, that's that's most of them. I mean, like I said, I do have more guests mm-hmm. coming. Um, artists. Um, Tone Rodriguez is coming. He's been the artist for Futurama for like the last four years. He does a lot of the Treehouse of Horror comics. Nice. Um, Mike Cazala, he's done a whole bunch of Simpsons stuff. He's a, mm-hmm. another cartoonist. Um, a guy today called me up. Scott Shaw wants to come. Scott created Captain Carrot. He uh, 
He was a Hanna-Barbera artist in the 70s oh, with nice. the cartoons. He, um, um, he's done a lot of stuff. I mean, he's, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you guys remember. Well, Hanna-Barbera in general. Yeah, he worked in their, their cartoons are like crazy legendary, right. so. Um, he's, Scott's worked as a producer, a writer. He did the Annoying Orange car, uh, comic books. Okay. Him oh. and Mike Cazalo, the other one I mentioned, did the two Annoying Orange, so they'll mm -hmm. both be there. Um, Scott, it all depends if I got to figure out if I have a table for him. Because mm -hmm. uh. I'm pretty tight with space at this mm -hmm. point. Um, so, yeah, those are the guests. I mean, and then we got, you know, over 100 vendors. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, we'll, um, we're going to have an archery range. Really? We're going to have a food court. Where is this going to be located at? It's going to be at the fairgrounds. At the fairgrounds. And building two, our building three and four. Oh, fantastic. And then all the, the bolt house, that's that like courtyard next to building three. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's where the archery range is going to be. And we're going to have the, the, the horsemen of the something. And I forget what they're called. It's out of my head. But they're, they're a local group. They're, they're like a Renaissance fair type group. But they're more medieval. The fighters are going to set up all their tents and stuff. And then we'll have a couple Renaissance fair type vendors. And um, we're going to have like seven food vendors there. Are you having the giant unicorn? Um, no giant unicorn. We have a friend of ours that travels around with Renaissance fairs, and that's what they do. They have a giant, like, rocking, ha rocking horse unicorn, that, and they dress fully up and have people, like, ride on it and everything. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, there is... Maybe for next um, <laughs> Well, I wanted the Renaissance fair as a bigger thing, mm -hmm. but unfortunately, there's another Renaissance fair taking place that same weekend, too close. Really? Which I didn't know about, mm -hmm. which I've already... I've, I've messaged these people like four times saying, look, here's my date for next year. Let's not be on the same weekend. Yeah. Right. They haven't gotten back to me mm -hmm. because next year we have so much space. I would like to have like a mini Renaissance fair. That'd be that would amazing. be awesome. Just to add to it. That would be amazing. Because you guys are paying a lot of money to get in. Mm -hmm. you know, our is admission is so expensive, unfortunately. What is it? It's a whole $8 for one day and $15 for two. Oh, God, no. So that's going to break everybody. That is going to like... God, no. And $5 for kids or $8 for two days for kids. Oh, God, no. Actually, that's the joke. It's so inexpensive. Why am I doing this? You know? <laughs> because you enjoy it, right? Oh, I love it. See? You know, that's the important thing. You're, you're doing it more for the love than the money. Like, you need the money to keep doing it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I can't, can't yeah. lose money. I tell you, the one thing that's turned out to be the most expensive thing, going because this is our first two-day show. Mm -hmm. Before it was a one-day show. Well, two-day shows mean a lot of hotel rooms because all mm -hmm. those people were bringing in and my workers and this and that all have to sleep on Saturday night. Yes. Yeah. So where last year, we got like eight hotel rooms. This year, I'm getting 42. Oh, and at an average of $108, $110 a hotel after taxes, mm -hmm. do the math. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of money. A lot of money. So, unfortunately, I'm not going to hit it with the admission next year. I'm going to try not to. Mm -hmm. But my, my dealers, I guess they'll get the hint here. But it, it, dealers tables are going to have to go up $50 a table. Mm -hmm. Because we need... Need to need the I need yeah. to cover those hotel rooms. But if it's being so big and now moving to the two days, they'll get more income as well. Oh, yeah. That spread out. So yeah. that $50 really will pay I mean, we got anyway. such a large waiting list. I could get a third building and fill it. Yeah. But I don't want to because then you're spreading the money around too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because this is right now. Last year we got almost 4,000 people to the show. My goal this year is, um, is uh, 5,000 people. Yeah. So, yeah, with that much space, you can definitely, you can definitely do it with that right. much space. Well, two years without 
Go back two years. Let's go back four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at the Double Tree for the first five years. Okay. Our biggest attendance was a thousand people in the last year. Four hundred the first year. By the fifth year, we we're at a thousand people. So it was a steady, slow grow. Yeah. Um, then, but we were just kind of too tight at the Double Tree. Mm-hmm. So I moved over to the Marriott for the next year, and in between that move, something happened. So my attendance went from a thousand to twenty five hundred. Oh. What happened was the episode of Big Bang Theory called the Bakersfield Experience happened where they were going to Bakersfield <laughs> Comic Con. Yeah. We were Our talking show. about this actually the other day. We were yeah. like, hey, Bakersfield Comic like, Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was so funny. that episode <laughs> happened and the news put it all over and people went, ooh, Bakersfield's got a Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually talked to the writers from Baker from Big Bang Theory. And they were the two main writers. Both of them are named Steve, also, by the way. <laughs> they both said separately, and it's not like they were standing together going, "Yeah, yeah, really." But no, separately, they both told me that that was one of their favorite episodes they ever wrote. Oh, nice. Which is really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, but having said that, and I got to tell them that in a big audience of like a thousand people, which is <laughs> really cool. That I was the owner of Baker's Comic. Oh, yeah, definitely. They just raised the roof. Um, but having said that, we went to twenty five hundred people in one year. And I was already grown out of the Marriott when I got there. Yeah. The, if you, have you ever been to the Marriott? Yes, I have. Our actually. line went from where the ballrooms are all the way down to where you check in outside around the pool and around the building. Oh, wow. And the oh, reason I know this is some guy filmed it backwards, mm-hmm. really at a fast pace with Benny Hill music going, da 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 And people waving and stuff. And I saw that video and, oh my God, it was that long. Yeah. So, but I had a two-year deal with them, so I had to stay. Mm-hmm. Then last year we had our first year at the fairgrounds. Mm-hmm. And to give you an idea, the Marriott seven thousand square feet, mm-hmm. the fairgrounds is seventeen thousand square feet. And I'm thinking, whoo, okay, we'll have some elbow room. Nope. <laughs> it went up another thirteen hundred people. Oh wow! By growing, mm-hmm. so it was elbow room again, and that's when I went. So I can swear on this, right? Yes. That's yes. where I went, fuck it. You just said, I went to two days and two buildings. Mm-hmm. So Nice. But it's got to be a good feeling. And outside stuff. And I mean, so, yeah, we're going to. That's got to be a good feeling knowing it's growing so much. since, Especially since going to the 2500. That was only because, hey, you know, Big Bang, Bakersfield Comic Con, we got to go there. But right. then it was good enough to have even more people come back. Right. Yes. Like, that had to be, that's got to be a good feeling. Well, I mean, there's, there's, this town had nothing. And I brought them Bakersfield Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Since then, two people have tried to, you know, imitate me, um, which you can take as a compliment or an insult. One of them's here. Not an insult, but a pain in my ass. <laughs> yeah. But I ended up working with them. I approached them and said, "Look, let's not be competition." You know, one guy tried to put on a Bakersfield comic show, and mm-hmm. it's like, no, <laughs> I won't allow that, and I won't get into what I said to him. To make him change the title and all, but I'll just say he <laughs> changed it. And I told him to stay six months away from me. We can both put on shows, but you're the toy show, so he's Collector Con. Ah. And the other person, so Collector Con is the toy show, mm-hmm. I'm the comic show, and then there's Heroes and Horrors, mm-hmm. which unfortunately has gone down the which, last two years. Here's, here's the funny thing about that. Um, our other host, well, hostess, Fiend, she's actually friends with the guy that puts on. Heroes and Horror Con. The guy or the girl? The uh, the girl guy. Heather. No, I want to say the or guy. The guy, yeah. See, I don't get along with him very well. Ah, <laughs> he has said some very nasty things about me mm-hmm. oh. because I wouldn't support him. Mm-hmm. But Heather, who works with him and actually does most of the work, ninety-five percent of the work, mm-hmm. uh, I get along with her very well. 
Matter of fact, when we did our Bakersfield Mini Comic Con at the Boys and Girls Club. I was actually at that last year. I'm the one that invited both of them in mm-hmm. to help co-sponsor it, which they never paid their portions. But 100% of the proceeds went to the Boys and Girls, Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So which I do, the, the one before that was the Bakersfield Museum. I'm going to keep it at the Boys and Girls Club each mm-hmm. May-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I invited them in and said, look, you're the horror show. You're the toy show and I'm the comic show. If we keep it this way, we all work together. And everybody wins. If you guys want to compete with me, you'll lose. So, <laughs> well, you've been, you've, What's that? Been, you've been around longer. Well, it's not just that. It's I'm very protective. I, I love what I do. I'm very protective because I've built something in this town that I'm extremely proud of mm-hmm. and that the people here love. And if someone comes in and says, oh, look, he's making money, I'll do it. Because it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah, not at all. I, you know, I'm going to either work with you. Mm-hmm. If you come to me and say, let's do this, but see, neither of them did. Mm-hmm. I'll work with you. I'll, I work with a lot of shows. SatCon, I help work. Sack Anime, I'm the overseer at the show. Mm-hmm. Stockton Con, we all, all of us shows in Northern California work together. You know, Pasadena Comic Con. What's that? It just works out best because then the yeah. time, cause t- then timing exactly. works better. Different people can work better. You can have different guests. And, it, that and work if better. they want the horror show, this town's good enough for it. If they mm-hmm. want a toy show, we can use a toy show. Mm-hmm. I got the comic show. But if somebody comes in and says, you know, oh, I'm going to put on a comic show too, they're going to lose because one, I do have more money. Yes. Two, I have access to a lot more money. You know, I mentioned some of the friends that I have. I I haven't even started. But I have friends that if I go to and say, look, they're trying to take my show, I need money, they'll go here. Well, not only that, but you can also go to these friends and be like, they're taking my show, just don't support them. Oh, yeah. And so much of the other ones is just going to be lost. That's actually, I did some of that. Yeah. But, it's um, a smart thing to do. It's a smart business thing yeah. to do. Yeah. It really is. Well, like um, when Heroes and Horrors first started, and again, I love Heather. Mm-hmm. Heather is my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, the the other guy went and tried to go to all my guests here come to my show. And this is when he was really bad-mouthing. But Heather took care of it. She changed it. She fixed it. So I, I give her kudos on that. But right at first, he was saying some really nasty things about me. So when all these people that he wanted to take to the show contacted me and I went, hey, look, I have nothing to do with them and I don't want anything to do with them. Boom, all his guests went away. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's and that's when one. she kind of stepped in and it became the horror show. And let it be, I know it's heroes and horrors, but it's a horror show it if is, you've been yes. there. Um, their guests are TV celebrities and horror artists and mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, I would even help get them guests if they wanted. Now, like I said, the guy running it, I just... I just stay away from them. Mm-hmm. Just don't click. Yeah. Personalities yeah. clash doesn't mean that professionally you won't go right. on. Yeah. Well, he he did a uh, uh, a YouTube thing and somebody called me up and said, hey, Steve, look at this. And it was, you know, being bullied in Bakersfield by Steve Wyatt. All because wow. I wouldn't help him. Mm-hmm. And the wow. things he said about me. And I'm not going to say this to sound conceited. I'm a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I work with a lot of people in this industry. I've helped many shows get off the ground by helping people out. I'm not a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But don't call me up. And he called me up and he's like, I want to do this. I want to run three shows a year and I think we should do this. And I went, I'm, I don't think Bakersfield can handle that. Mm-hmm. You're going to, if you have three shows a year, all the same thing, by the third one, people, oh, we'll just get the next one. Right, it's then, not special. Right, then I'm looking forward special. to it. Um, and then he, and I told him because he wanted to cosplay and all this and I said look if you want to cosplay like that start a club 
Go do charity events. Go to the hospital. Get your cosplayers together mm -hmm. and have some fun. But don't try to put on a convention. Cosplay. Yeah. You know, do that. Yeah. And, and start a club. You'll get 200 members here in town. Meet at a pizza parlor every other month. You know, like I said, go to the children's hospital and, you know, every other month and dressed up and, and have fun with the kids. Whatever. Really have some fun. Yeah. But don't try to put on a convention. And then next thing you know, a friend calls me up and says, dude, check this out. You know, he's how, how bad Baker. And then he was cutting down Bakersfield, saying how, how horrible Bakersfield was and all this. And I'm like, what That's is he not going to help him. That's not going to help anything. him whatsoever. Like I said, I do this out of love, and I live here now. So mm -hmm. when I moved here, there was nothing. I've been here twelve years now, and there was nothing. And I went, I'm going to make it, you know. So, so you made it. So we made it, <laughs> and we have a good, a, a great show. Mm -hmm. Seems like you, my friend, have the secret. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a template that works. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's how to get the, and it's grassroots advertising. Where did you see me at? Uh, the county fair. And what was I doing? I was sitting at a booth, handing people flyers going, come to Bakersfield Comic Con. Yeah. Anybody else are doing that? No. no. Right. I passed out about 5,000 flyers that weekend. Yeah. You know, that's how you got to do it. You know, well, the you fact get, that you run it yourself, it's not a flunky that did it. You sat down, you took the Yeah, time. I Sit sat down. there, I drew for people because yeah. I was doing art. I was gave away candy. If the candy gets the kids to walk over, then you go, uh, hey, kids need to go to a comic con. That's how I talk to people. Hey, you're a kid. Go to a comic con. Hey, your kids need to go. Or they'll walk by in a t shirt with Batman on it. Hey, you're wearing Batman? You got to go to Comic Con. That's the rules. Oh. <laughs> I think I was wearing the podcast shirt. And you're like, hey, you do a podcast? You need to come to Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> I just talk to people. I'm really good at talking to oh, people. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was definitely easy to walk up and be like, hey, you're a big name person. You should come on our tiny, on our tiny, tiny podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not a big name person. I'm just a guy. Yes. Yeah, like, what's on Comic Con? You're the single largest name person we've had as a guest. Oh, well, then I'm charging. <laughs> <laughs> We're also the poorest podcast you probably could have chosen. I'll take the dog. <laughs> you, you, you can't have that dog. <laughs> My dog would get mad. Ah. <laughs> you can have the fluffy blanket the dog is laying on, but you cannot have the dog. <laughs> Nyaw, that's adorable. Yeah, they would they would fight over who's the cutest. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. And that's just times. one of three. Yeah. <laughs> well, my dog doesn't like not being the cutest one. Oh, <laughs> she's jealous of anything that comes near me. Yeah. It not her, she could sit on her lap and wouldn't bother, but not me. <laughs> that's my princess. Listeners, if you hadn't maybe figured out by now, we are not actually in our usual place for recording. We have moved to Z-List and Mai's living room since we are actually in our own place now. Look at us go being all adulty. <laughs> I know. We well, last proud. time when we when we last recorded, we were not living on our own. No, we were not. So literally changed, and it's being all adulty. You see what happens? We take a seasonal break. We come back, and people have grown up. They've gotten new experiences. Life goes on, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Feel a sniffle coming on. Aww, <laughs> <laughs> there she is. Wait till you're old like me. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> well, we've been together 33 years, so. Mm -hmm. uh, and you guys aren't 33, so, no. yeah. <laughs> going on four years next month. Cool. And then they're going to have some super huge thing, I'm sure, that they're going to say, you have to be part of it. You have to be part of it. And oh, we're just all, and everybody, wow. all of us on the podcast are going to be like, why? No. <laughs> have we ever been that couple? 
Uh, I can just see it happening now, so now that you no. have your own place. No. no. Most likely, we're actually going to tell all of you, fuck off, don't bother me. Yeah. We don't like people dealing with people on our anniversary. Nope. Oh, God. No, our, we don't either. <laughs> our anniversary is for us, nobody yeah. else. Yeah. We, we go out, we do a dinner, we do a movie or something like that, but like we, we all but turn our phones off so we don't get bothered by people. Yeah. Mm. What they're saying is the, uh, everywhere that we can see now covered in stains. Exactly, I didn't as it clean should my be. House, thank you. I didn't say you wouldn't clean your house. <laughs> I said it's going to be. Hey, I have a trunk full of sex toys for a reason. There you I go. I can't use them. Then what's the point? There you go. Uh, are you okay, Silas? Oh, I'm thinking of the trunk full of sex toys and which ones I need to like reorganize and replace in a different spot so they're actually more accessible and usable in the time of. <laughs> Prep work is important. Prep work is important. I got a lot of hooks and hangers. <laughs> Speak up. <laughs> For what? Hooks and hangers? There you go. Now, listeners, you hear what Ozzyless has to do. Now, you just want to hear about it after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> shit happens. Shit happens. He, he gives the look of, maybe I'll tell them. Maybe. 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 <laughs> I think on that note, we'd be a nice break. Mm, actually, just real quick, I just want to get into some of the uh, entertainment news that we had. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, just a little bit of stuff. So, uh, we had a couple of deaths go on oh, in yeah. the entertainment world. Sadly. So, uh, do you know who Pete Burns is by name? Kind nope. of. Kind of. The, you know. Yeah, I'm you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, he is the lead singer of Dead or Alive. Mm-hmm. Big 80s man. Oh, uh, okay. He was like... Uh, no, no, I'm like the video game had a singer. No, no, the wow, the Dead or Alive fighting game did not have a specific singer. Though they did have Aerosmith at the end of no, at the beginning and the end of Dead or Alive Four. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> see, I know these things because well, but see, I don't because I don't play video games. Well, and at all, Dead or Alive, Zero. Dead or Alive, immediately go to two things: Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball. The only reason my mind goes to that is Jiggle Factor. Yeah. And Dead or Alive, the actual fighting game, which is actually because it's a good fighting game. And Jiggle Factor. No, I don't know. There's not as much Jiggle Factor in the actual fighting game as there is in Beach Volleyball. Well, that's the thing. In Dead or Alive 2, they actually gave you... Uh, oh, yeah. You could, uh, you you could actually... Oh, the, the Jiggle shape. Factor. <laughs> what yes. we're referring to is in Beach Volleyball, the girl would go to hit the ball. And then her boobs would start jiggling because, of course, you know, she yeah. bumps her boobs. But they wouldn't stop. <laughs> they would keep jiggling for up to like three minutes. Yes. Which is just right because that's what boobs do. Yeah. Of course, right. of course. Yes. Yes. Well, here's the thing: because as males, that's what we want boobs to just continually jiggle. Well, no, 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 <laughs> not even that. As males, for the market they were going for, yes. were like thirteen to seventeen years old. They just want to watch tits and ass jiggle for days. Yes. Uh, but anyway, At thirteen. I had Atari. I had Pong. <laughs> you tried yeah <laughs> but as I was saying uh, P. Burns uh, he has passed on you may know him from his song uh, well why can I think of ah uh, you spin me right round you spin me you spin, you spin me, me right, right round yeah baby, no just you right spin me round. round yeah you spin me round right round please stop singing that song because I have a terrible memory involving it oh we won't, we'll go on to that another time no, we can go into that on the kink side. I just don't want to scar those two with you. Oh. <laughs> okay, so that's a little thing for keep listening. When we get to the kink side, you get to hear Zealous embarrassing story. 
It's not embarrassing. It's a terrible. Oh, terrible story. <laughs> All right. Um, so he died age of 57, too young. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then our second death is one that a lot of people just were kind of happy about. Do you know who Jack Chick is? Know the name, don't know who he is. Do you know who Jack Chick is? No, I did. You? Nope. So, Jack Chick, uh, what, what is, this is why I wish Greedy was here because <laughs> he, when I told him this, he got the biggest grin on his face. <laughs> Had somebody dying? Wait, wait, was he on the death pool? No. Okay. Damn it. Jack Chick died at the age of 92. Oh, yeah. He Actually, was, he was very famous for doing uh, all those biblical, um, what they're called. Car- the the smaller books. Yes, um, yes. They're, the, like the Tijuana the Bibles. Tracks. Oh, the, the tracks. He yeah. was that yeah. motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> Actually, his storytelling was pretty damn good as a cartoonist. Yeah, yeah. His storytelling was, I just didn't like the, the content of subject matter. Well, yeah. yeah, because it ruined a lot of my Halloweens. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, from what I from what I've read, he pretty much hated everybody that wasn't Christian. Yeah, like when I say Christian, I mean Bible thumpy, yeah, uh, yes. fire brimstone Christian. Yes, I grew up in the Bible Belt of I've, Illinois, yeah. and I had at least four people in my neighborhood as a kid growing up that followed him. Oh, and they didn't give out candy; they, they gave, gave out, out the tracks, the little booklets. Yes. <laughs> I the the look on Zeal's face right now is I, we I have avoided a bunch their of houses in my collection. You have mm-hmm. a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is Zealus needs to come by and no, <laughs> no, I have them because because of him as a cartoonist, not you not know. because yeah. of the content. The actual right. the artwork on it is great. I won't deny it. Mm-hmm. I just hated reading the subject matter, and every what's even best is that most of them started off as something totally different and they're like oh this is gonna be really cool something totally innocuous yeah yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden Jesus out of fucking nowhere what's well there was actually he worked with Archie on some stuff too cause um Archie had a, a comic company a side company called Aspire mm-hmm. or Spire was it Aspire or Aspire Aspire uh, which was Christian comics back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did some Marvel stuff, but they did yeah. a whole bunch of, you know, the Cross and the Switchblade, which was actually one of my, one of the greatest covers of all time. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole bunch of Archie comics, Smokey the Bear, a lot of things that they worked with doing the Christian comics. There's a lot of people that collect Christian-based comic books. Right. Yeah. Well, from what I read in the article, apparently... His foundation or company, whatever, I forget what they call it specifically, um, they are going to keep his work. They're going to keep his message going firm. Well, he's got such a large body of work that can reproduce it over and over again in each generation. It'll be new work. Oh, not even reproducing. They're saying they're going to continue coming out with new, new content. Oh, okay. I didn't know he was still producing them. I, mean, I haven't seen them in 20 years. Yeah, well, the thing is, like I said, he's got this, this whole company of people that can probably just redo his redo new things I'm oh, sorry do new things right <laughs> in, very, in, in his style. style right yeah and I think honestly actually I just got done working at a truck stop not that long ago and uh, oh yeah listeners I have a new job uh, <laughs> and truckers are some of the worst Bible thumpers you'll ever run into you either run into decent people the worst assholes ever Bible thumpers or racists that's pretty much all of the truckers you'll ever meet. And most of them are not the decent people. But there was multiple times where I would go in and it's like, 
oh, it's Halloween time. Let me leave you this kind of like spooky little uh, comic booklet. And I'm like, oh, cool. Reading, reading, reading. Jesus, god damn it, they tricked me again. (laughs) (laughs) I like how they tricked you again. (laughs) It only happened four times. Sure, that you tell us about. No, I can honestly only remember four. Okay. All right, if you, listeners, if you hear the small thumping, we have, which pup is this? It's Bella. We have Bella. Is is Bella going to be the mascot? Uh, We can totally make Bella the mascot. Well, you can make Bella or Xander the mascot. Or we can use the cat that's named Zealist. Yes, listeners, I'm that conceited. I named my own cat after myself. (laughs) This should actually happen. He went in, he's like, my goal is to have a cat that's named after myself. He actually almost went with his real legitimate birth name, too. Which I could have stopped to. He at least went with his, he at least went with Zealist instead of his legitimate birth name. Wow. No, no, no. Part of the reason why I picked this particular cat, though, is because I looked at this cat and I was like, Oh, you're cute and cuddly and crazy all at the same fucking time. <laughs> He's got crazy eyes. Yeah, this cat has uh, crazy eyes, and he'll come up to you, meow, pets, pets, pets. Also, do <gasps> dragon, bah! Wow. This cat sees dragons. I believe that. Right. I've never given him drugs. <laughs> you're Here. not going to give the cat drugs. Catnip's a drug. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to uh, the games here. So, yeah. RPGs. I'm, I'm assuming that you put this in the list? No. Really? Um, my guess is it was greedy. It probably was great. But just talking about board game. Well, not board game, but pen and paper mm-hmm. RPGs. Yeah, this looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, like, I play, I've played D&D multiple times. Uh, I know people that play Vampire Masquerade. Haven't played that one yet. Uh, GURPS, which is General Universe Role-Playing and there's System. A, yeah. There's another one that's similar. It's called World of Darkness. World of Darkness. That I'm currently playing campaigns in. Yeah. Uh, Shadowrun. Haven't done that one yet. I need to. Mm-hmm. How about yourself? Um, I started D&D in 1977 with the first Little Brown box set. So Tell me I you're still playing that particular version. <laughs> I, I don't have the time. I wish I was talking with the guys at Paladin Games. Uh, Curtis runs a weekly, every Wednesday night game, and the reason I don't join it, I don't know if I'm going to be home from one Wednesday or another. I travel ah. so much. But I'm going to interject with your games. Please do. That's something else we have at the show. Um, Paladin Games and Ed, who runs the gaming for the at the Cal State, they'll have a big room and um, we'll have uh, they they've got a Cards Against Humanity Bakersfield version. They're going to run a tournament on Cards Against Humanity Bakersfield. Yes, they have slightly terrifying. Yeah, they have. um, They're going to have like uh, you know. People just dis- not displaying. What's the word? I'm, Playing um, tournament style. Not tournament style. Where they're you know showing people how to play. Oh, oh. teaching. They're teaching. Yeah. Um, Instruction. Yeah. Instructional yeah. Dem- tutorial. Demos. Demos. Yes. Demos. Thank you. Uh, a couple different games like Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that. So we're gonna have like twenty-five tables. Oh wow! And then uh, gonna we're gonna have, have a bunch of video games going on. A video game tournaments going really? on in there. Now, um, now you're speaking my language, <laughs> right? Because what well, the guys. They've done it every year, but we have a bank of, of computer monitors, mm-hmm. and you know they'll be playing Mario Kart and this and that, and they've got little mini tournaments going on all day, both days. And uh, the gaming, even though the show, the dealer's room ends at 7 on Saturday, mm-hmm. everything else stays open till 11. That's why oh, we're not oh. starting the movie till till 8. And after the movie, I'm trying to get it set up to show another movie right afterwards, since it's outdoors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh. But be a nice I just sent time. a message to the guys that run the Shadowcast here in town. I want to do Rocky Horror. 
Nice. Because Rocky's one of my old. Th- I mean, I was Doctor Scott and Eddie back in like 1988. Wow. <laughs> oh, you know. Speaking of Rocky Horror, did you see no. the travesty? I refused. Did you? Did I want to see, see? I refused. I asked I a friend to cut. He's that. gonna cut together. Tim Curry's parts for me. Because <laughs> Tim Curry is one of the greatest yes. American actors. I've yes. met him. I had to buy him lunch. Wow. Um, and my favorite role of his, though, as much as I absolutely love Rocky Horror and have probably mm-hmm. honestly seen it 300 times oh, yeah, more, um, was in a movie called Oscar with Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. He plays Dr. Poole. Oh, and I mentioned that to him. I'm like, the best role you ever played, though, was this. And it's my favorite. And he told me it was his, too. Nice. So, any of you Tim Curry fans, go see the movie Oscar. And Sylvester Stallone is really funny. I will have to watch this. It's movie a 1930s now. period piece where he's a gangster. Marissa Tomei's in it. I mean, nice. uh, oh, there's all great cast, but oh yeah, definitely Tim Curry is plays Doctor Poole, the linguist. Oh yeah, and no, he's so funny. So, I've been going around because there's this thing on there's this thing that's even on Facebook that's like, look, I am a Tim Curry fan before he dies. And I've like reposted it like ten times. I'm like, you people need to know I love him before he dies. Cause I'm not gonna because you know there's gonna be the posers that come out right. of it. Yeah, well, he's done so much. He's done so many great roles. We just yeah. before coming here, we had it. You know, Stephen King's yes, Kiss, yeah. and he played you know Pennyworth. Honestly, Pennywise. Honestly, Pennywise. Pennywise. That's one of my Pennywise. favorite. One of my favorite roles was him. What um, actually I love him in his um, animation and his cartoon works. Yeah, his whenever voice acting just, his is voice great. Voice acting is fantastic. I mean, and wh- whenever he was in Beauty, um, Beauty and the Beast as the organ, I absolutely loved him. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. His voice has followed me through childhood. Oh, yeah. I mean, he did one episode of Psych, which he was just absolutely great about. He's done two episodes mm-hmm. of Monk. He's done yeah, I mean, so many movies. Oh, completely. And there's a great if you find it on YouTube. There's a great video of him. And it's Tim Curry laughing. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes, yeah. I've seen it. Together, his laughs. I think one of my favorite roles of his, not so much for his acting or for the role, but I liked his voice with the character and costume was Legend. Legend. When yep. he plays Satan. Yes. Because he I... He Satan. Oh, look, and Fiend is here. Fiend has arrived. Okay, he doesn't play Satan. He, he plays the darkness or the evil. He plays a dark ward. He's not Satan. Satan, because it's not a Christian movie. It has nothing to do with Christianity. No, no, no. It has to do with fairies. Yes. Don't fight her on this. No, no, no. I'm gonna wait, wait, I want to put something up. The moment that Zealist is wrong, Dean <laughs> has stepped in to smack his ego down. This is why I love her. Now you may continue. Not entirely wrong, because Satan is not actually a Christian ideal. Satan is older than Christianity itself. It's actually older than uh, Judaism, too. But I, still a completely wrong the name fate. Satan, though. Okay. No. Hey, hey, I'm calling the end of that. We're not getting into <laughs> the faith discussions on here. <laughs> Even though we just talked about Jack Kirby. Uh, not, wow, did I say Jack Kirby? Wow. It doesn't Jack really Chick. matter who he is. Jack Chick. Yep. Well, here's the thing. I got to meet Jack Kirby. Really? See, so you don't want to commit, confuse Jack Kirby with Jack Chick. <laughs> Jack Kirby is a fucking legend. As Jack Chick is... Nobody knows who he is. That's no, not true. They, they know In who the he is. In the cartooning world, he's very famous. They know well, who he is, just for the wrong reason. He was a member yeah. of the National Cartoonist okay, Society. Okay, remind I mean, me, was... since I just walked in. <laughs> Jack Chick. Uh, the guy that had that gives you the little pamphlets of, hey, here's this and this, and why don't you have Jesus in your life? That guy. <laughs> the cartoon pamphlets of it, though. <laughs> If you couldn't hear that, I think we just hurt Fiend on the inside a little bit. Just a little. 
<laughs> okay, maybe a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry, the darkness is strong in me. And it's adorable. Is my, is my lord. We know Cthulhu is your lord, and yes. it's adorable. Okay, real quick, because you missed it earlier. Who, who is it you know that does Heroes and Horror Con? His name is Paul. Okay, so not the guy that you know. Yeah. All right. There, there, there was a big conversation about the, the different cons in Bakersfield. Yeah, his name is Paul. I can't remember the last name. It's but, all good. Um, yeah. He and a woman do it. Heather. So Heather, is that yes. Heather's boyfriend, Paul? I don't think they're dating. Okay, because I know her boyfriend helped her out a lot. Oh, or maybe now they are ex, dating. Now ex-boyfriend, but... Maybe yeah. they were dating. I, yeah. Yeah. Heather's the one that does most of the work. She's, yeah. she's the one in charge. Yeah. So... Okay. So, you know, you, you miss a lot of stuff. There was so much conversation. When you listen to the to the episode, you're like, why did I miss that? <laughs> I think I came in an opportune time. You did come My in. My point remains, the minute the zeals is wrong, feed appears. It's like her <laughs> magic power. <laughs> and it makes me happy in life. All right. So let's go ahead and let's hit up the last in the game section. Nintendo Switch. Did you see the video for it? Yes. Did you see the video for it? I'm sorry. It's okay. Did you? No. <laughs> Do you know what the Nintendo Switch is? Yeah, I mean, I, I do have kids. So. <laughs> uh, Nintendo Switch, that's Nintendo's next console, is due out in March. Mm-hmm. They just announced it. They have given no specs on it as of yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of worries me. It doesn't worry me so much because I trust Nintendo for the most part. I'm, okay, it confuses me. Well, here's what they're doing. They're going back to cartridges. Are they really? I didn't notice that. They are going back to cartridges. Like, think 3DS-sized cartridge. Nice. So basically... You have to rebuy everything. Yeah, that's yeah. why. No, 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 no. Because no. yeah. I don't have any Nintendo games right now, so I don't have to rebuy anything. <laughs> well, I do own Nintendo games. But they're for NES and Super NES. <laughs> no, what I'm thinking is, though, could I just play... My three, could I play my Pokemon on the Switch? They said, as of this point, they said, no, it's not compatible with that. But what they're talking about doing is basically how they have the uh, Nintendo... The Nintendo eShop. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to bring everything over to that. Oh, so I can just digitally download everything. Correct. Which is how I do most of my gaming anyway. Right. Um, I really like how they have it set up. The controller is technically two separate pieces. Actually, yeah. three. It's side left, side right, and then the dock that they connect to. Yeah. And that's your, your actual controller. If you want to, you can actually take these two sides off, hand one side to another person, and then you have couch co-op. Oh, nice. So you yeah. all, so you already have two controllers. From what I saw, the controllers, they look really big, though. It's designed to potentially fit a tablet in the middle of. So, yes, it is a larger yeah. controller. I have little tiny No, no, no. <laughs> it's not going to be big this way. It's going to be about the size of probably the nunchuck and the Wiimote, right? Yes. Well, the thing Thickness is... Thickness-wise. Yeah. The thing is, as you said with the tablet, the actual system itself is the tablet. So you can pull that tablet portion out, connect the two slide controllers on the side of the tablet, and go on with it. It's a console and a portable all-in-one. Yeah. So the other Nintendo news coming up. Oh. The one that Fiend is excited about. The mini NES (laughs) is coming out next month. And you are ready for it, aren't you? Yes, I am. That is her one Christmas wish? Is a mini NES. It is. (laughs) So, Nintendo Switch, like I said, they just announced it. They got a video. Um, It looks interesting. I am 1,000% excited about it. 
but I'm definitely going to keep my ear to the ground to see oh, what yeah. all they're talking about for it. Did you say you're 1,000% excited? I said I am 1,000% excited. Yes. Okay, so how do you get to 1,000? <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 1,000, why does it have to be 1 to 100? See, there you go. It can be one to eight hundred and forty-two. So you're eight hundred forty-two percent excited. Don't look at me this way. You make your own scale. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say cocaine because he doesn't drink coffee. <laughs> so obviously, obviously, first thing in the morning, instead of like you know drinking a cup of coffee, he like snorts two lines of coke. Right. See, the only way you can be I don't energized. Drink coffee. Are you energized first thing in the morning? Oh, absolutely. Oh my god! Thank another you. one. And I don't do cocaine either. Oh. There you go. Those days are you a are morning old. person? What's that? Are you a morning person? Yeah. Here's that the here's, terrible. Here's the funny thing. I was never a morning person until I moved out to California because with that time change, I'm it's like 10 a.m. in my in my mind when I'm waking up, so I'm good. You yeah, do you know what he does? Go. He spends the night at my house. What is he? Doing? He gets up at the butt crack of fucking dawn. You said the butt crack of dawn, but the butt crack of fucking dawn, <laughs> and then like starts playing video games. I've learned to tune it out, but. Let him tell you what happened at the fucking hotel. That's just rude. That is rude. What happened rude. at the hotel? So, Fiend and I, we went to go see Aftershock, the Aftershock Festival. And she woke up, went back to sleep, woke up, went back to sleep. And then she woke up again and was like, she needs to get up. So I opened the blinds just a little bit. And she says she doesn't have any memory of this. But she gave me a look like, oh, I'm going to kill you now. I'm going to kill you, feast on your flesh, and then go back to sleep. And it scared me. I was really afraid. And then she just kind of went on about her business. But that for that split second, I thought, my life is over. <laughs> I, am, I am done here. You don't fuck with Fiend and I when it comes to sleep. Bad fucking decision. Bad decision. Just because my alarm goes off at 8 fucking a.m. does not mean that you were up. I, I have to be up for it. No, you go wake up, you get a good roll, you take your pills, and you go right back to sleep. Mm-hmm. But no, there. But I, 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 I actually failed on the granola bar and taking the pills part. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there was uh. a point. There was a point in my life where, legit, because most people, whenever they hiss, it's not that instant. It's just like they think about it. Like this is the moment where I should hiss to the hiss. There was a moment where my mother tried to wake me up one time, because apparently being asleep at noon <laughs> at 17 years old is no longer acceptable. So apparently, whenever there's chores to be done around the house, apparently it's no longer acceptable to still be asleep at noon. I was never allowed to sleep that late. Oh, no. And so my mother comes into my room, and I just rolled over to ignore her. So she walks up to my curtains and opens them. I have blackout curtains. I still own these curtains. They are currently hanging up in my room. I love these curtains because when the sun hits them, they actually bleed red. They're not black. They just look black. Fucking fantastic. So my mother goes in opens the curtains, and seriously asleep, I woke up and hissed at my mother. <laughs> and she was just like, oh God, close the curtain and just left. <laughs> because, and I seriously, like, that was my reaction to me hissing at my mother. And I woke up, I think I finally woke up at two o'clock and I walked back downstairs and she's like, how did I raise you? <laughs> like, I love you to death. You're a weird child and I've always accepted this. How do I raise a child that legitimately hisses at sunlight? And I'm like, I don't know. For you. What'd you do? So, I'm like 18, monstrously pregnant. I'm in the hospital, and they, like, 
pop my water. Yeah. And, you know, induce labor. Yeah. And it's like, I they, they brought me into the hospital the night before. And with the intention of inducing labor the next morning, and you know they do all this at seven o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and I just look at them and I'm like, I'm going back to bed. Wake <laughs> me up when the baby's born. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm serious. I'm going back to bed. Wake me up when the kid pops out. <laughs> Good night. Close the door on the way out. Wow. <laughs> Did you? Damn straight. I took like a four hour nap. Well, you know, the, the little monitor that sh- uh, shows what your contractions. contractions are. It's like going off the charts. And they're like, how can you sleep through this? I'm like, eh, it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think on that note, we should take a break. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and we will be back. Welcome back. Hey, we're all, we're all here now. Well, except for the guy that just left. Well, I agree. Huh? Well, eh, we're not worried about him tonight. We lost the con artist, though. We did lose the con artist. But we will see him at Bakersfield Comic Con on November... 12th and 13th. 12th and 13th. But you gained a fiend. We did gain a fiend. Well, actually, we had a fiend at the end of the last part, but we fully gained a fiend now. She's here. That was the saddest. (laughs) Saddest. Anyway, Fiend, you know what? I think you had a book. I know I saw that book. What's the book? It is called Blow Him Away. It is by Marcy Michaels with Marie DeSalle. And it is a pretty much a, a guide to giving better oral sex and there's a lot of books like that there's a lot of books that tell you how to do this and how to do this this book teaches you different um techniques of moving your mouth and moving your tongue because they're speech therapists and they they teach you all these um different exercises to exercise your tongue and your mouth uh, and it's supposed to make your oral sex skills much better. So far, so good. I really like the book. Uh, I haven't done much of the exercises yet, but I definitely Damn plan it. to. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting to get to feel the results. Mm. Well, you feel you felt it without the results. That was pretty good. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of I'm mildly scared. Mildly scared. I'm afraid I'm gonna blow too early. You act like you can't do it again. I haven't even I haven't really even tried hard with you. I'm aware. <laughs> I really want to watch you cry because my dick is down your throat so hard. Uh, that doesn't make me cry. The cutting off air supply doesn't auto. I thought that's like an auto response for a lot of people. You like start tearing up. Not really. I don't really. Um, That's me, love. Not not her. I've, I've, I mean, I've been giving head since I was 15, and that's the one thing I focused most of my sexual energies in is giving blowjobs. So, yeah, but he's more saying because that's that is how I react. 
if I gag too much or if my air supply is cut off. If I gag I a lot, yeah. then yes, I my eyes tear up. Yeah, but that's, that's what I'm talking about. Mine is like, you know, way. I just shove my dick so far down your throat, you're gagging on it for so long, you just start tearing. But you have to get me to gag a lot first. Mom's <laughs> got a point. Mom's got a point. I mean, what it what happened the other night when we were all playing? You started gagging on my dick. That's what happened. And then someone started complaining. I did not complain. You mentioned the fact that you didn't want me to throw up on you. I have never thrown up on anybody. I have gagged on many, many, I was not aware of this. But you kept trying to pull away while I was trying to deep throw I was not pulling away. Somebody else was playing with my nipples and I was getting distracted. You got distracted from a blow dog? No. I'm good at nipple play. Come on now. And also part of it was, it was not so much me pulling away as much as me, like, just quaking from mm. everything. Getting attacked by two lovely women, by the way, makes you quake in ways you never thought you could. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So about this book? It's a really good book so far. Um, like I said, there's a lot of different um, techniques that you learn, um, things that you wouldn't normally think of, honestly. Really? Like um, just saying certain vowels. It mm-hmm. teaches you to move your mouth a certain way. Oh. I didn't know. Oh. And then I was looking at the back of the book, and they were talking about there's also a uh, secondary book that goes on with this, The Lowdown on Going Dad. Hey. <laughs> I don't know if I need help in that area. You don't really need help with blowjobs either. Need help? No. But accept suggestions, <laughs> you know? I might I don't be know willing to accept some suggestions. I don't know if you need... Do, oh, do I need more instruction on how to go down on a woman? No. Nope. <laughs> do I? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, like I said, you can always learn new tricks. You may not need them, but hey, you may find something like, you know, that actually sounds kind of interesting. You know the great thing about being partners with everybody in this room... What Except for the silent person in the back. <laughs> um, you get lots of experimentation going on. There yeah. you go. I am really, I uh, volunteer as tribute for some of this experimentation. If you're going to say you volunteer as tribute, it's three fingers, my friend. Not the whole hand. Get it right. That's three the- fingers is not for volunteering as tribute, dumb motherfucker. <laughs> three fingers is a sign of respect. Oh, Okay. It's true. You did not read the book, did you? No. I did. And if you're wondering what book they're referring to, it would be Hunger Games Games and Catching Fire. I only read Hunger Games. Games. It's kind of adorable whenever they get this much of a nerd off going on. It's okay. I accept that I have lost this nerd off. Good. Uh, It's all right. One day, one day, one day the Padawan does have to become a Jedi. Oh my god, I saw the most brain-hurting motherfucking thing I've ever seen. It was a chick standing in front of goddamn... I I can't even get the words out. Jar Jar Binks? No. You leave Jar Jar out of this! (laughs) I was just throwing out a random thing that people tend to curse about that it's Star Wars related. I'm sorry. It was a chick standing in front of a goddamn Darth Vader throwing up the live long and prosper. Oh, I saw that. Oh, God. I saw that. 
Alright. So, let's see. Let's keep it rolling along here. So, on our list of things to regale you all with, our learning experiences in kink. Oh, I got a good one. What? Go for it. So, somebody got me this super whippy rattan cane for my birthday one year. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, rattan cane? A rattan cane is a, uh, it's like a, a cane that's um, super bendy. Okay. Super thin. Uh, I mean, they can they come in really weird, whippy, but it's super whippy. Like you can wrap it around somebody. Oh, Isn't okay. it normally almost like it's like almost a bamboo type? Yeah. Bending. Yeah. Okay. So I was so excited. I got to use this. I was so excited. I'm like just wailing on my partner, and he told me to hit him harder, and I did. But it whipped around and caught him in the rib cage, and I was like, Oh, oh fuck! That's a bad idea. I'm so sorry. And he was just curled up in a tiny little ball like, fuck, that hurts. (laughs) And I was just like, yeah, that's a pain I didn't mean to inflict. (laughs) At least you recognized that it was a fuck up. Oh, totally. Yeah, I learned very quickly after that, that motherfucker will wrap. You have to, you have to kind of flick your wrist with that one. You almost tap him with it, right? Like you could tap him hard, but you almost want to hit him with the tip, not so much the side of him. Yeah, you definitely want to aim for the tip. Uh, but if you're, like, hitting across the buttocks, you kind of have to flick your wrist. Okay. Like, I mean, not to be super nerdy, nerdy here, but, like, almost like you would be uh, playing with a wand. You'd flick your wrist. Because that the, back motion would the pull swish the swish and flick. Yeah, well, without the swish, just the flick. Well, you can do the swish if you want to. And for our next trick. No, no, Quincardium Leviosa. Oh, shit. Ha <laughs> 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 you rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I mean, uh, the back motion pulls the cane back away from him, so it's not going to do that wrapping right. motion. Right. So almost like throwing a whip. Yeah. Very similar motion to actually throwing a whip. Yeah. When it comes to whippy canes like that, you definitely, it's, there's definitely a learning curve to it. Okay. All right. What about you, Zealus? Uh, learning experiences in cane. I've learned a lot of shicks. I'm still relatively new. Uh, I, I think, though, my favorite is I've learned that vanilla people are idiots. How so? Well, I'm watching Mythbusters, <laughs> and they're doing Indiana Jones. And they had the question of, is a bullwhip even accurate enough to hit somebody's hand or to take a gun out of their hand? And the first thing that went to my head was, of course it is, you dumb motherfucker. We hit each other on the back and ass with it all the damn time. I can pinpoint your third vertebra if I wanted to and just fuck your whole world. <laughs> I would not, by the way. You don't hit the spine. However, you can you if you can, want. You can pick individual ribs, and that is fun. <laughs> yeah, but he and he texts me about this. He's like, "These people. These are the questions that they have to ask." And immediately, I'm like, "Of course, I saw it happen last week. Like literally, because at the t- well at the tasting we yes. had on my birthday, the person who was presenting whips to have them sample it in or taste it. I got to try. Yeah, he got to try. But the person who was doing it." One of the people was so scared to go up, they weren't going to do their whole bodies. They held their hand up away from them, and that's where the person hit. 
Which, stupid fucking idea. Who the hell shreds their hand up with a whip? But whatever. The person is that was at least good enough to uh, do only red marks, not cut the skin. I think they may have cut the skin once because the person asked them to. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it was just red marks. So, but I'm just like, as soon as I get this question, I'm like, I literally just saw this happen. <laughs> like, this is the shit that goes on. I think it was hilarious that they brought a whip expert to show them how to throw a whip. And the guy used it, he was a whip expert in the form of using it as a weapon. Which clearly shows you it has to be at least mildly precise. And he goes, so, if you were Indy in this situation, would you have gone for the hand or the wrist or the gun? How would you have done it? Fuck that. I'm going to hit him in the face. <laughs> Crack! <laughs> Shit works better now, <laughs> They are not coming uh, back from that. So. No! Eight foot long bull whip to the face. Ow. I'm a masochist and even I draw the line at that. <laughs> <laughs> not in the face, not in the face, not in the face! I did get whipped in the tits. You guys would say, could I like try to crack right at your nipple? No, I got, I got whipped hardcore on the tits. I know, but I just want to like crack your nipple. Why just my nipple? Because I'm in the nipple torture. How many times do we go over this? I'll tell you what. When you get proficient, I'll right. let you. I got a tree in the backyard. I'm planning on getting a three foot whip pretty soon. They're just going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to make it or get it. They're a bitch to make. What about you, leopard? Learning. Huh. I really have any learning stories. Well, what have you learned? I'm mostly the submissive, so in the way that I learn is a little bit different. Just because it's different. I, I know, yeah. but it's just, it's more, I guess the, the biggest learning that I have is learning my own body's interpretations of sensations. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not necessarily that my pain threshold has become higher. It has in retrospect. It has just because I because I can take more pain now. I mean, it generally, just in this lifestyle, depending on how you do things, you do get a higher pain threshold. But the part of the reason why I can take so much more now is because I've learned to interpret the different sensations going through my body. You know, whenever I first came into this, I couldn't take a punch to the ass. Just couldn't. It would hurt my. It would just register as pain. But now I've got to the point where I can take a punch, I can take, you know, a hit, I can take a crowbar. Not crowbar, sorry. Flat bar. <laughs> don't use crowbar. Flat bars are okay. If you know what you're doing. But anyway, or, you know, I can take these scary things and I can and I can take their sensations and interpret it into something pleasurable. It still fucking hurts, but I've learned my own body enough to be able to do what I want to do. I mean, that's the biggest thing. We talk about skills, but that just takes practice. You can learn a skill. You mm-hmm. can learn to create a whip at a paracord. You can learn to throw a flogger properly or do the proper knots for shibari. You can learn those skills. Anyone can. But to truly learn your own body, learn your own needs and how your own mind works, that is, like, oh, I've always said, is the biggest difficulty of our lifestyle. Self-introspection continuous self-introspection is a bitch. And I think that's probably the biggest thing I've learned throughout all of it <coughs> is my own mind and how my own body works just because it's absolutely required. Being self-aware is extremely hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only is it hard to know your body, it's hard to know your mind. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know how you're going to process things. 
like when you're trying out something brand new, like my trying out the whips at mm -hmm. the tasting this year, I was terrified as whip of whips. I'm not gonna lie, T whips have always terrified me. Mm -hmm. But I went in there, <laughs> I bared my ass, and I let her whip me. And like at first, it was like, oh fuck, I'm being whipped. <laughs> and then it was like, I like this. <laughs> well, it's like Fiend was fire cupping me the other day because my because you know we I use it for therapeutic purposes, and. I had to figure out which cup, it, it all hurts in general because my back is that fucked up. I have that much, my medical back problems are that bad. But I had to go through and know the difference between, okay, is this the right kind of pain that's going to help my back and loosen up the knots and loosen up the nerves as I need them to, or is this bad and it's just going to make it worse? Which when those two pains are right next to each other, that is fucking hard to know. Ow. But it takes that to learn it. It takes that to go over it. So I don't have just one experience to really share. It's just the whole, the whole cumulative experiences that come through. I mean, like I said, most people talk about the skills. The vanilla person down the street can learn the skills. It's the truly sitting down and learning your own body, your own mind, and how you will react in situations and learning to react. Not only that, but learning somebody else's mind if you're a dominant or a top. Mm -hmm. Learning somebody else's body. Learning their body language. That is always difficult. That's extremely hard to do. I mean, it's hard to do it to yourself, but let alone doing it to a whole other person. Well, and also you have to, you have to, learn, to learn what reactions to push. Mm -hmm. a, a scene... Certain scenes, like like I had it, like we had a scene on my birthday actually at the tasting, and the scene that was done, people have never really heard me. I don't seem very much in public. It's very difficult for me to. I can't get in my, out of my own head enough to do it, and so because it actually, some people were actually like, like jokingly, but it was also with concern because they've never heard me. They didn't know if I was legitimately being hurt or if it was a part of the scene, mm -hmm. just because nobody's ever heard me before most people never have and a lot of the reactions are very similar I scream I moan I curse out you know I was all but crawling off the spanking bench to get away from his punches because it fucking hurt but it was what was needed it's what that scene was you know if you see a person all but crawling off most of the time if they're crawling to get away you're like oh man no we, we gotta stop this shit but that's what I needed I didn't call red. I wasn't, it wasn't a moment to stop things. He was punching me. I was all but running away and he continued. And cause he learned my body. He's no, he knows what reaction I have and which ones are actually legitimate. Stop. That's why a lot of people, that's why a lot of times I don't actually have a safe word. I don't usually use a safe word very much. I can with people that I need to. I can when the situation calls for it because Zealous knows my body so much. If I say stop, he knows the difference between a legitimate stop, red, it's over, or no, we're going to keep going. Hold that thought for just one. Listeners, use safe words. Oh, yes, please. Dear God, please. I have, Zealous and I have been in relationships for four years in November. This is four years of work. We have come into this lifestyle together. We have grown together. We have learned together. Even when these scenes, 
where he knows what's which stop to actually listen to, even then, we still have a safe word. Every single scene, we have a designated safe word. We use a number system between one and ten, you know, to gauge where I'm at, to gauge where I'm at in the scene to interpret it a lot better. I have a safe word every single time. It is only because this one man knows me that well that he knows the differences between my legitimate stop and my stop in which he needs to continue going. I have a safe word every single scene regardless of who I play with, though. It kind of makes me think of what happened the other night with our friend Crunchy. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I have fibromyalgia, so for me, massages are excruciating. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if they're nice massages. It doesn't matter if they're hard massages. They fucking hurt. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I want you to be hard on me. Mm -hmm. And he's like, are you sure? And I said, yes. I want you to keep going no matter what I say. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, your safe word is red. And he... Woo! <laughs> he was not nice to my back, which is what I needed. Yeah. I needed... He, he cried, called out curse words. There was stop. There was almost tears. Like, there was some shit. And still the whole time he said, he was checking in saying, you can call your safe word whenever you're ready. Oh, he was sadistic about it. Well, he was. But the point remains <laughs> that he did say, call a safe word, and he never did. Yeah. So even in, you know, not a legitimate scene, it's still those practices follow through in life. Right. Like... When it comes to scening and what I've had to learn over time, some people are not capable of knowing what their limits are. Mm -hmm. It's taken me 10 years to find a stopping point that does not end up with me in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Well, because you are a gymnasticist. Yes. It's also learning people's different people's body in the sense of because sometimes when you get to that point, words are hard to form. I become nonverbal at yeah. a certain point, and I do the same thing. That's why it's a little more dangerous for me to play, which is why with people who don't know my body, I don't do hard scenes. So I'm still verbal enough to call my safe words. I'm still verbal enough to talk about things. Whenever I truly let go, it would probably only be with Zealus or with you because you both know my body. Mm-hmm. You both understand at what point to push. Even with you, it's still a funky just because we haven't pushed that very much. Right. What about you? Oh, got to me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. It was a good conversation. That was kind of what we wanted. Mm-hmm. So as far as what I've learned um, with me, mostly just I've learned really always before you do anything with anyone from a dominant perspective going to scene with the masochist or submissive have it done to you first like always because I've, hmm? I've never been plugged well this is me saying what I've learned oh okay I've learned because before I before I even got my flogger and tried a, a flogger I had somebody flog me because I'm like okay I want to know what possible things they may feel with this because I don't know what I've been I've never used one of these things <laughs> Yes, Fane. I just thought of flogging you with my teen flogger. <laughs> said you wanted to know. I also haven't see, said I'm going to use a chain flogger. So. <laughs> see, and here, that's a good idea 
But here's what I did instead is I take the toy, especially like a flogger, and I just hit my arm. Instead of doing a full scene, and you're actually going to get worse pain out of it because you're going to make it wrap. And as hard as I can, I will just crash it onto my own skin on my arm. That's not the same as getting hit in your back or your tits. I'm, I'm aware. Totally different sensation. Totally different sensation, but it's the, the pain of doing the wrong thing is still doing the wrong thing. And my arms are nothing but bone, so it's the same pain as if you got hit in your ribs with the exception of nerve endings are different. But it's not the same of having a chain wrap around the inside of your thigh. No. <laughs> but I also, I don't, I'm not going to do Captain's thing because I have these terrible sadistic toys that I want to make. Like a <laughs> massive chain vlogger. So, listener lad, for those of you who don't know, what a chain vlogger normally is, is it's you get... ball chains, actually. Ball chains? Mm-hmm. So, what is that, normally like, a monkey fist? No. Uh, usually they take ball chains, like you would on a what you have on a uh, dog tag. Okay. And they make a flogger out of that. Uh, Not many people make a true chain flogger. Chain flogger. Well, like you want to do. if you use a... No, no, Because no, that's what she has. Not what I'm using. If you <laughs> wanted to use true chain, you would get a really small, thin gauge chain, normally with the plastic coating. Nothing very large. Each chain, I don't know. Maybe quarter, the size of a dime. I was going to say maybe a quarter of an ounce. They're tiny. Like yeah. each individual chain length. And it's only what? what how long is yours? 12 inches tops? 12 inches. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's about 12 inches. What I want to do is I want to build this monstrosity of a flogger. Why? That is, that is a chain. Let me finish. <laughs> I use a lot of chain in my play. I use a lot of uh, what I like to call industrial tools. Things like flat bars and chains and ropes and stuff like that. And I want to get a chain flogger that is made of chain that is big and heavy and thick. And, you know, the stuff that has more like a, I don't know, 1,000 pound, 1,500 pound weight limit for it. So, for instance, that would be about, I don't know, quarter inch in diameter for each side. Each chain is probably, each length is probably an inch long, inch and a half long. Mm -hmm. A five foot section, right? No, I got a two foot section. It weighs five pounds. I'm gonna du double it over, so I have a foot, about a footish of chain. Put about five or six falls on this chain flogger, and then beat people with it. That, because I use my two, because I have two two foot sections, and I fold them over, and I use them like floggers. <laughs> that reminds me, which I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but I think I told you before. Um, Back before I moved to California, where I was saying it, there's a an event there, a monthly event, a monthly uh, play party. Mm -hmm. It brings all the groups in the area together to have us have scenes. Mm -hmm. There was a gentleman. He was up on the stage, mm -hmm. and he was flogging. Actually, he was using all kinds of different toys mm -hmm. uh, on his submissive. And she was enjoying it. She's giving all the right motions. And at one point, he brings out a chain flogger. And he starts going at her with that. Actually, it was two, no, it was just one. It was just one, and he's going, he's going. People are in, are out in the area, just kind of chit chatting a little bit, you know. And all you hear is a don't, 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 as the chain flogger broke <laughs> and fell on the stage. Everybody, the whole room just kind of got quiet, looking up there. 
He looked at his broken chain flogger, looked at her, kind of sneered, pulled out the next toy, and just went harder. <laughs> so is that what, broke his toy. So is that what you're going to do uh, when Leopard breaks your chain flogger? No, I'm not using it on Leopard. <laughs> no, it's not even that. I'm willing to let you try it. I have a bony ass, but I don't think he's going to hit me that hard. I've never broken a toy. My, my plan also Steve is this He has thing. broken a toy. My plan also. <laughs> Why do we always gotta bring up the broken toy? Because it's your fault. Because <laughs> you blamed us, but it was your ass that broke it. My plan for making this thing is I'm gonna get a wooden handle, and I'm gonna get a concrete mold, and I'm gonna put a ch- uh, uh, circle chain, not circle chain, circle. Zealous? Uh, do we need all the specifics? Yes, because people need to know how nasty this thing will be. I'm gonna get a uh, metal loop. Thing. If you go to a hardware store, you know what to look for. And then I'm going to. What happened? So at this point, listeners, there are a bunch of animals in the uh, studio with us, and one of them let one rip. I can taste it. I smelled it a while ago. I was like, okay, just gonna keep rolling. It was probably deadly. They're pretty bad. And There's an old dog. Okay, so Crunchy has for a temporary period moved in with Zealist and I. Mm-hmm. And has his two dogs. One of them is a very old lady. Her <laughs> farts. Dear God. I'm over here dying. They just rip. Somebody give me a foot or an armpit or it's gotta be bad. No. <laughs> So she she give denies me a foot or an arp, and I go to give her my sock. Though no, because <laughs> your feet are rank. They're up there with the dog's breath, man. All right, man. Just because I had a fart contest with this dog. <laughs> All right, let's get off the subject of farting because my stomach's already rolling. All right. Anyway, so my plan is I'm going to get this wooden handle. I'm going to make a concrete mold. I'm going to put a circle uh, metal piece to attach the chains to. I'm going to put the handle in, and I'm actually going to pour concrete in to connect the two together. Because I think that's going to be the single most secure connection I could get. That's going to be a heavy bitch. I'm looking at this thing, one of them probably being close to 20 to 30 pounds. That's going to be a heavy bitch. It's not going to be a toy I use for a long period of time. It's going to be one of those, bah, bah, all right, next thing. Bah, 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 bah. Bah, bah. All right, go back. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be a lot of uh, kinetic force behind that. Depending now, on listeners, swing. Yeah. When it comes to this shit, make sure you have a true masochist. Well, not only that, but make I sure you know chain. what the fuck you're doing. Yes, that's a very important. I, thing. I have been using chain for a while, probably about a year, year and a half now. Yeah. And I only just started to get to the point where I'm contemplating this thing. I use it. In almost every scene, and I have learned to use chain from anything from the lightest touch on a woman's clitoris to make her orgasm to I'm gonna almost break your hip bone, hit you hard. Oh. Which one's more fun? I don't know. I love my chain. Me and my chain are great friends. It is the one thing that I can pretty much take almost as hard as Fiend when it comes to the chain. There's something about that deep bone wrenching thud. I can take it probably just almost as hard as you can. You can probably still go harder than me, but I can take it almost as hard. And God, it's glorious. The only problem that uh, I have with the chain is the fact that I have messed up hips. Yeah. 
So when my hips start shifting and popping, then the scene's pretty much over because, yeah. yeah it's not, not much can be done after that. Okay, so moving on. Moving on. Um, so our next thing is role play. All right, motherfuckers. <laughs> Who gets to be the doctor? <laughs> yes! <laughs> anyway. All right. So, Zealus raised his hand. <laughs> I never really figured myself to be much into role play. It's never really been my thing. I'm like, I am not an actress. I cannot pull off the naughty nurse or... The fucking ditzy secretary. I just can't. I'm not good at it. Really not good at it at all. Although they did get me to say some really adorable cutesy shit at the hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) I pulled that off pretty well. That that, you did. (laughs) That's beside the point. And nobody else gets to hear that ever. (laughs) So what was the game called? Uh, Crabs... Adjust humidity. All right, so we got to get that. <laughs> we got to find that car. Fuck you. Enjoy <laughs> time. What, what, what was the phrase? Daddy, why is mommy crying? Another one of our friends said that one time, and she has just a very soft, sweet voice and is not a little, oh, but there's a dominant God. there who, like, hardcore is a daddy. I swear to God, he almost orgasmed in her seat. He made her, like, say it over again, like, three different times. Wow. He almost just in his kilt. Okay. I could, I could fuck with people if I really wanted to. I have, a, I have a little girl voice. Yes, you do. And when I use it, don't even think about it, you sick, twisted motherfucker. <laughs> I am not calling you daddy during sex. I wasn't going to suggest that. I was just thinking of freaking people out in general. Having you do that, oh, on Wednesday, just have you come in and just make sure nobody sees you. Like stand behind somebody, like um, ah, Wolf. Yes, thank you. Like Wolf, just stand behind him and do that and see what his reaction is. Wolf, can I beat you up? (laughs) (laughs) And right there. But okay, so I never really thought I was much into role play never really considered doing it because I'm not an actress. I'm not really into play acting. However, I think rape play falls under role play to a degree. So, I have this ultimate fantasy that somebody is going to bust into my house. Not literally. They have a key. But somebody is going to break into my house at night and I'm heavily sedated by my medications. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to know what the fuck is happening. They're going to, like, tie me up and, um, you know, say, some, say something along the lines of, you're, you know, a fucking useless cunt or, you know, just really, you know, really degrade me. And then they're going to kidnap me and take me to some other location. And they're going to, you know, use and abuse me and call me all kinds of names. Like, you filthy cunt. Oh, your orgasm, mean that means you like it. You know, <laughs> just really fuck my world up and then interrogate me afterwards. After? Yeah. Why after? Because I think that would be, like, fabulous to be to have the rape play... 
and then an interrogation scene where, you know, I'm getting kicked and spit on and, you know, slapped around and See, just... I figured you'd like it the opposite. No, I definitely... Well, I mean, it could go either way. Like, have the interrogation as an in intermediate area, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, and then go back to the raping. And just this whole fucking scene <laughs> where, you know, I'm completely blindfolded. All I know is what they smell like and how they sound, mm -hmm. and that's it. Mm. You know, that is my pi picture perfect role play. <laughs> Anything else, I don't give two fucks about. Well, no, I take that back. I guess I would be down with the whole surgery scene again since yeah. my one surgery scene got that fucked up. See, I don't know. When it comes to role play in any capacity, I have a really bad tendency to laugh. Like, in any capacity, I do really bad. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because I do pet play so much. But, like, even, like, D&D-style role-playing or, like, actual, like, sex-style, like, a whole thing. I end up laughing. Because, like, it... It's just... It's not... It's just so funny to me. Like, I know who this person is. Why am I gonna act like the little tiny maid? Like, or things like that. It just... it It's just hilarious to me, the whole situation. And I can't help it. <laughs> well, like, that's how I felt, too. Like, the the whole situation, to me, it just seemed so fake and, you know, not... But I really see one of those rape scenes really going well. Mm -hmm. Because... <clears throat> excuse me. Once you get in a certain mindset, and I've experienced this, um, you know, one of my partners, we played a little bit, too. And, you know... He did something, and I just kind of jokingly called him an evil bastard. Mm -hmm. And he, like, grabbed my face and slammed it into the mattress. And he's like, I'll show you an evil bastard. And just, like, fucked me so hard it hurt. Mm -hmm. And I was like, get the fuck off me. I was getting pissed, but I was turned on. I was pissed. I was like, get the fuck off me. And he's like, no. And he, like, grabbed my face like arms and like slammed him down on the bed and he's just like fucking me harder and harder and I'm like this is fucking hot <laughs> this is amazing <laughs> fuck you you cunt <laughs> and he's like what'd you say to me <laughs> you know it just it, it, it escalated very quickly <laughs> was it a bad escalation though? oh no <laughs> no it's fantastic What would be your ultimate role play situation? Ooh. For me, I don't really have a quote unquote ultimate role play situation. I actually enjoy role play. Um, usually, like, I don't know if I talk about this on here. Uh, I used to chat a lot, still do on occasion. Um, and, you know, if you're online, there's not really much you can do other than pretend. Mm -hmm. But. Role play is a great thing because you run into people that come up with some of the strangest <laughs> scenes that you can think of. Some people are, but a lot of them are usually the same, like boss secretary, uh, student teacher, neighbors. Doctor nurse. Doctor nurse, things like that. Nurse patient. Nur yeah, nurse patient. Doctor patient. <laughs> yes, all of these things. <laughs> uh, but it's... The times when you get those normal things and you decide, you know what? 
I'm just going to take this in a totally different direction than you think it is. Like, I remember one time I was uh, chatting with, with a woman, and it was, she wanted to sing uh, a club scene. Basically, we meet at the club, and we hit it off, and everything's cool. We go back to wherever, go to the bathroom, do whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of started singing off with her, everything's cool, hey, she, we talk, we chit-chat, quote-unquote, hit it off. We go to, to, I think it was like a back room of the club. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, all right, so uh, get you there and tie her down. Like, yeah, you know, just going to tie you down for the scene. She's like, oh, this is great. This is amazing. And then I introduce, quote unquote, you know, four other guys that just come in. <laughs> and like, King bang! It's like, have it. She enjoyed it. Because I was basically playing all four of the other guys, but... Well, yeah. But it was still great for her because she's like, oh my God, I didn't expect to really get into that. I was like, hey, I do what I can to make, to make you feel good. I mean, there's definitely some things you read about and you can like totally picture yourself doing it. It's like, I really want to find somebody who will do this shit. <laughs> Welcome to most of my books. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Oh, what was that movie? It had Vince Vaughn and I can't remember the female lead's name. Like it was like Four Christmases or something like that. Basically, they didn't want to have family time around the holidays, so they always found a way to, you know, leave. But the begin, the very beginning of the movie had nothing to do with that. The very beginning of the movie was she was at a bar, she was there by herself uh, drinking. This guy comes and hits on her. Mm-hmm. And then Vince Vaughn's character comes in and is like, hey, buddy, you know, hey, lady, you, you don't want that guy. You want me. And she's kind of like, hey, you're kind of an asshole and blah, blah, blah. Thing is, they had already been, they were already married. They would actually go to bars and do this. That's fucking hilarious. But I'm just thinking, like, that would be kind of cool, like, as long as you and the other person know what's going on, go there, have her get hit on, have him get hit on. And just go with it, see what happens. Makes me think of Tank Girl. <laughs> what? Hold on, I'm trying to think. What about Tank Girl? Huh? Yep. Snip, snip. Oh! Okay, okay. There's been a lot to say in the movie. No, if none of you have ever seen Tank Girl, watch Tank Girl. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. And look for this this uh, this scene with Snip, Snip in it. Yes. I want to do that <laughs> so bad. I'm game. I'm what sure about you, Zealist? We're not going to discuss the irrationality of my greatest sex fantasies. Okay, we discussed her rape scenes. You can totally discuss yours. Okay, but dragons don't exist in real life. It doesn't matter. It's a fantasy. It's a role play. All right, well, then, let's see. Um, I want to fuck a dragon. I want to watch a dragon fuck a chick. I want to become a demon and be able to summon demon spawns. I want to... I didn't even set that up. You don't have to get enough people. I cannot become a demon. Close enough. With a four inch wide dick four, and 15 inches long. I'm sure you that, can make, have a to- toy company make you I was a penis like, extender. There's paper, paper mache. Actually, <laughs> I've been in contact with some uh, toy companies and apparently customizing toys, they most of them don't do because it's so expensive. On their part, not even your part. What about yeah. Bad Dragon? 
That's eye who contact. Really? <laughs> I was like, I want to get your chance, but I'm already nine inches long, and your chance sleeve will not fit me. Is there any way I can get a customized chance with just a longer channel? Because they sell a 15-inch chance. Uh-huh. The dildo. But apparently it doesn't come with a cock hole part, and they don't have a way of doing that, which sucks. They don't actually have any, technically, any cock What about uh, Zoo Toys? I haven't checked them out yet. They're my next guess. Anyway, so that's some of my fantasies. My more realistic fantasies. Uh, rape play. Uh, Hi. Kind of into doctor play. Hi. <laughs> uh, I'm into torture play. Hi. <laughs> Fiend, we've already discussed this. I'm going to be the one that rapes you, tortures you, and then potentially does surgery on your asshole. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Cat, sorry. Sorry, people. Random animals. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. There's other ones that are even less in this world. Ooh, tentacles! Ah, tentacles! I believe I that is one shared by both of you. It is. We like tentacles. So, <laughs> listener Len, if anybody knows where you can get a hold of a peri squid, <laughs> hit us up. Um. Squids. That'd be awesome if you just like just hit me up. We, we won't have to discuss much. Just hit me up. Tell me where the drop spot is. It'll we'll <laughs> all be good. <laughs> it's, it's, they're technically illegal. Actually, I don't know. I don't think they are illegal. It's probably. not. I think it's they're illegal. The, no, they're not illegal. That aside, why don't you guys tell us what your role play? what your ultimate role plays are. It's also on Facebook, Twitter, email, however you want to do Tumblr. it. Tumblr. Tumblr. Oh, yeah, send us some pictures. Fuck yeah, <laughs> send us pictures. I will stare at boobies and dicks all fucking day. Isn't that what you do most of the time? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, please hit us up with your fantasies. You know, your favorite role plays. Hit us up with things that you have done. Yeah. The craziness, and man, the craziness. If you share with us, we'll pick our favorite and talk about it on the next podcast. That we will. All right, so let's uh, move on to our kink education for this week. Uh, it's a website that I found, actually. It's called it's uh, www.xcbdsm.com. Uh, it's basically a website with kinky essays. They have events, uh, education. It's a lot of good stuff. They have a section called Bookshelf where it will actually link you to spots to buy kinky books. Uh, they have an education section. There's little resources and things like that. Uh, <clears throat> it even gives you an option to write for the website. You know, just what you want to do as far as your kink life. It's got a bunch of information on here. I really looked through it today. I like it. I'm going to have to look into it a bit more. Okay, and so check that out. Uh, as I said, it's xcbdsm.com. Um, so with that, any closing thoughts? Don't break your fucking toys. Hey, you stole it. <laughs> <laughs> Make your own toys. Make your own toys. Uh, there are actually a lot of different books that you can get, and I will try to get a list of them to put on the Facebook page, uh, I believe one of them is called Slavecraft. 
I've heard of this book. Now, I'm not absolutely sure that's for making toys, but I think it is. I haven't. I haven't gotten to it yet. I have a stack of books that I need to read, including one about being a better top. So I will get on that for you people. <laughs> All right. On a uh, similar note, but uh, completely not, if any of you out there know how to uh, do like plaster molds or stone molds, uh, where you take a form and then you fill it with something, uh, hit me up, let me know. No, 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 no. I want the listeners to tell me, because I want to make a tits whale. <laughs> and for, for those of you who have no idea what it is, because none of you do, Dear what God. a tits whale is, is you take a squirrel body, stonified, attach chains out the anus, and hook them up to the nipples of stone tits. Am I seriously marrying this man? Yes. yes. Yes, you are. Is this shit, like, really happening? Yes, yes, it is. It is not someone else. And where Tit Squales came from is a random D&D game where I face Gorgons and, and I rip somebody's tits off. Yes, yes. <laughs> what about you, Leopard? Closing thoughts? Just, Zealus, Zealus' mind has gone away now. We, we, we must calm Zealus. Um, I'm glad that we're back for season two. Yay! Has been definitely enjoyable. Hope that everyone, hope <laughs> our listeners, has come back with them. And we've been okay, <laughs> and that they still love us because we love you. And All right. I really have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for Awesome's closing thoughts, since Fiend had already said, don't break your toys. Educate yourself. If you're going to do something, make sure you know what you're doing before you try it out. And with that. That brings episode one of season two to a close. Hey, we're back! <laughs>